Welcome to the Dayspring Audio Library, the teaching ministry of Pastor Daniel Rehoff. Thanks for joining us. We hope this message will have a powerful impact on your life. So sit back and enjoy today's time in the Word. talk a little bit about missions, about our mission trip. I kind of want to just bring you up to date with what's going on. Obviously, our mission trip leaves tomorrow. We have seven of us um, that are going, uh, uh, four of us leaving tomorrow, and then the other three leaving uh, in another day or two due to schedule uh, change and stuff. But uh, bottom line is uh, there's seven of us going, but the reality is this. You're all going. Uh, You are part of this church. You... um, you're, you're, you pray, you support it, you're concerned about it, you help, help fund it, and not everyone can get on an airplane, and not everyone can do that, not everyone can take off work, but you're part of it, and, and I want to make sure that you feel that you're part of it, I want to make sure that you really understand what's going on, what's really happening. Uh, our church is very involved in missions. Um, I think about the big picture is the Bible says that the work of the church is to what? What does the book of Mark say? Tell you what, let's just look at it. Mark chapter 16, uh, go over to verse 15. Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, Mark, the book of Mark. Chapter 16, verse 15. And he said unto them, go ye into where? Just stay here in Milwaukee. No, it says go into all the world. That's our job is to try to do what we can to go into all the world. I had a a guy say to me the other day, uh, a guy was talking on the phone, he said, uh, he said, so why would you go all the way around the world? There's unsaved people here in Waukesha. Because that's what we're supposed to do. We're just supposed to do whatever we can to try to go into all the world. And not every church can do whatever, but our church is in a position where we're able to do something. Um, it's, it's the job of the church to, to have missions. Um, I think about some of the missions that we're involved with. We're involved with a lot of missionaries. Um, we, we want to keep increasing our mission involvement. Uh, we're, you have to remember this too. We're a very young church. We're only 13 and a half years old. 13 and a half years ago, there were four people in this church. Myself, my wife, my son Bryce, and my son Cole. That's how the church started with four of us, just 13 and a half years ago. So we're, we're always been ramping up. We're always doing that. And of course, we bought this, this uh, land and we built a building. Uh, COVID kind of stalled us for a little bit, obviously. But, but I'm just thinking about some things. We recently think about Luis uh, and Greta. Uh, they are, um, I don't know, what would you call it? Homegrown. I mean, they're from our church. Uh, Luis had a, uh, almost died of alcohol poisoning, uh, as you know, uh, was a drug addict, and uh, came to our church, got involved in our addictions recovery program, uh, baptized here, and got on staff here. And just a couple weeks ago, our church, all of us, our church, we ordained him uh, to go into the ministry, and he went to the nation of Chile, uh, which is actually where he was born. He was an uh, adopted child here in the U.S., but that's where he was born, believe it or not. And... Um, uh, so, so we financially support them. We, we assist them in the whole thing. Uh, I'd like to go there. Uh, as you know, they've been on the ground there for a couple weeks. Um, Greta's getting ready to have a baby, uh, trying to find a house, blah, blah, blah. You know, start a church, you got to have a place to do it. So they hope, they hope to start a church, like literally have the first service in January of next year. So I just think that would really be fun. It would really be cool if we had a mission trip to go to Chile. Maybe we go... Uh, a couple weeks before the church starts, and we go door knocking. 120,000 people in the city he's going to. There's not one, not one Bible-believing church in that area. 
lot of Catholic churches, but no Bible teaching evangelical churches with 120,000 people. He's, he's it. So wouldn't that be fun to go you know, knock on some doors and invite people to church? I, I don't know. I was kind of thinking about it. It sounds fun, but everyone there speaks 100% Spanish. Uh, there's no English. So I don't know. I just knock on the door and say, see? <laughs> I, I, I give them a flyer. I wouldn't, I wouldn't know what to do, but I'd just go there and I'd, I don't know, I'd do something. So I don't know. Maybe we could do something like that. I think that'd be really fun. I think about um, uh, Kojo, Pastor Kojo, who in Togo, Africa, um, you know, he uh, is, uh, started a church over there a few years ago. We supported him on a bunch of projects. Uh, we funded him buying some land, typical crooked African politics. Um, once he gets the money, right, and they're ready to buy it, of course, what does the buyer do? Oh, I don't think I want to sell it. Yeah, we know how this game goes, right? <laughs> That's why, you know, Africa's so, so backward, so crooked with those kind of things. You can't trust anybody. That's why, that's why churches have a hard time getting going or any businesses because it's just so selfish, so crooked. Fortunately, our money is with the mission board. It's safe. You know, our money is there. It's just going to take a while to rework the plan and, and to get the, the seller to sell the land. I knew that. We expected that. It's not like America, you know, where you take someone to court. You're not going to take anyone to court in Africa. You know, you told me, you know. So our money's fine. Our money's safe, but it's going to take a little while. But we still support them. We still pray for them. We're excited about it. I would love to go to Africa. I'd love I'd love to be there when they bought that land. I, I think that would be really cool to be that. Sam Sampson, you know, we just uh, uh, sent him over uh, along with our parent church. Uh, has a, a really active church in um, the Philippines. Him and his wife uh, just went over there in January. Uh, Pastor Edwin, uh, Edwin Sampson, they're a church that has, is our namesake church. Uh, he, he started his church the same time we started our church. He called me and asked me what we're naming this church. I said, we're going to name it Dayspring Baptist Church. Next thing you know, he emails me and says, we're naming our church Dayspring Baptist Church. I'm thinking of uh, charging royalties uh, <laughs> or, or, or uh, franchise fees, on it, but, but they, they started to build a beautiful building. I don't know if we have a picture of, of Pastor Samson's building. Yeah, this is how far along they're in their building. They raised a lot of cash to get going. Um, the bank is going to finish it. Uh, and then like two, three weeks ago, the bank said just because of COVID and everything going on, they want to pause. The bank doesn't, the bank doesn't want to finish financing it. Uh, so they're $75,000 short of finishing their building. Welcome, welcome to not living in the United States, right? You, you know, they just say, we're not, you know, we don't want to do it right now. COVID, everybody's scared. Interest rates are high. So we need to help him. I don't know how a church we can do it, but somehow, uh, I think we had a couple pictures. Yeah, they got to finish that building. I mean, a half building is not usable, right? The 99% building is not usable. It's got to be 100% done. But it's a very, you know, it's a very growing church, a very active church. They'll get it. Somehow they're going to raise the money. But, um, you know, w when you do stuff in other countries that aren't like America, just the stuff that's delayed, stuff like this happens all the time uh, because we're dealing in other countries and so forth. But, but we are into missions. And, and, you know, we used to do a mission trip every year when we started the church. And then again, this building, the property, COVID kind of put a pause on it. But but it's the job of the church to be involved in missions, okay? If you have your Bible, I hope you do, take, take a look at the book of Acts. We're going to go to the book of Acts today. Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, Acts, Acts chapter 13. <clears throat> Acts is a book that, that talks about really the beginnings of the church and uh, kind of the, the acts of the church. That's why it's called Acts because it's what the church did at the very beginning. It's the different things they did. Acts chapter 13 and I, let's just kind of read a couple passages, and we're going to talk again about our mission trip to India uh, coming up. But I want to just kind of set the stage here a little bit. So Acts chapter 13, look at verse 1. Now, there were in the 
church, what's the next word? Church. So where are they? They're in church, right? They're not at a parachurch organization. They're not at the YMCA. They're not sitting in a baseball field. Uh, they're not watching on television. Again, where are these people? They're in what? They're in church. That's what the Bible says. They're in church. And they were in the church that was at Antioch. So this church that's in the town of Antioch. Certain prophets and teachers. And look at, this is kind of interesting. And Barnabas, we know him. Uh, Simeon, uh, that was also called Niger. And Lucius of Cyrene. Manan, which had been brought up with Herod the Tetrarch, And Saul. Um, to, let's pause for a second. Let's look at this. This is, this is not really part of it. I think this is interesting. So look at the name list of who's there. Those of you that, that uh, read the Bible or you study the book of, of Acts and so forth, you know who, who Barnabas is. Barnabas is kind of the leader at this time. Kind of a, he's the encourager. He's the guy that's kind of encouraging people to do stuff. Um, he's Paul's friend. Now think, Barnabas and Paul are both Jews. Look at the next guy there listed. Uh, Simeon, um, also called Niger. So probably his last name, probably an identification of who he is. In Latin, that's translated as black. He's probably from North Africa. He's probably a black man in Antioch with a bunch of Jews. Okay? Now, are you starting to see a little bit of the picture of what was taking place in the church? Um, and so who's the next one? Lucius. Well, that's a Roman name. So we have a Roman. So we have Jews. We have a man from Africa. We have a Roman there in the church, leaders in the church. Menaean, um, and it says what? That he's part of Herod's family. So Herod the Tetrarch, we know who that is. Herod was, was one of the most cruel, evil rulers at the time. To put it in context, he's the guy that cut off John the Baptist's head. All right. So we have this guy who was raised in the family of Herod. I don't know. Is he a son? Is he a cousin? Is he a nephew? I don't know what he is exactly, but he's related enough, close enough to Herod that that's how he's labeled. You know, Herod, he, he's, he's with this family. So, so think about that. So not only do you have people from Africa, you have Jews, you have uh, Romans together. Now you have somebody, someone who's brought up in just an evil political family. Wow. Part of the church. Part of the leadership of the church. I, I just think that's kind of interesting. What you don't see here is what? You don't see racism here in the church, right? Why? Because all these people had trusted Christ as Savior, and, and as a Christian, there is no red, yellow, black, and white. Why? Because we're all precious in His sight. It, it just doesn't matter the skin color. It doesn't matter the family background. <clears throat> it doesn't matter the history. <clears throat> it doesn't matter if your dad's Herod. It doesn't matter. You're a Christian now, and you can work together. You know, it's interesting that, that they're not having classes in, in, in diversity or, or, you know, special classes on how not to be racist. No. What are they having? They're having Bible studies in the church, and that got rid of the racism, okay? Jesus Christ was the one that solved that problem, okay? I, I just think that's kind of an interesting thing. It's not in my notes, but I think it's an interesting group of people. Go to verse 2, and let's keep going. And as they ministered to the Lord and fasted, the Holy Ghost said, Separate me, Barnabas and Saul, for the work whereunto I have called them. So as a church... Go down to verse 3. And when they had done what, church? What's the next thing they did? They what? Fasted and prayed. Which tells me, which tells me one thing. It tells me they were Baptist because um, only Baptists would eat enough that they'd actually have to fast. So <laughs> there's always food, right? But, but what did they do together, church? They prayed. Um, 
in, in the years I've been in the ministry, 30-something years I've been in the ministry, I have heard so many people, if I had a nickel for every person that told me this, you know, pastor, we're going to start a church. It's like, okay, great. Yeah, we want to be an Acts 2 church. Okay, great. Have you ever read how many times in the book of Acts they got together and prayed? My best count is I see 16 times in that one book that the church got together as a church and prayed. And yet, what's, what's the, first, the, first, the first church meeting people have gotten rid of in the last 10 or 15 years? Prayer meeting. When I grew up, there was always a Wednesday night prayer meeting. Raise your hand if you grew up and your church had a Wednesday night prayer meeting or some night of the week, whatever night. Yeah. Right. We still have one on Sunday nights. We get together. We have a prayer meeting on Sunday nights. The first thing to get rid of, well, no one attends it. <laughs> well, then don't tell me you want to be an Acts chapter 2 church if you're not going to get together and pray because that's what they did. The first thing they did is they got together and prayed and laid their hands on them and sent them away. Go down to verse 4. So they, being sent forth by the Holy Ghost, departed into Seleucia, and from thence they sailed to Cyprus, verse 5. And when they were at Salamis, they preached the word of God in the synagogues of the Jews. So what are they doing? Are they digging wells? Are they building houses? Are they feeding the poor? What are they doing? They're in church preaching the word of God. They're on a mission trip, and they're preaching the word of God. And they also, John, to their minister, verse 6, and when they had gone through the Isle of Paphos, they found certain sorcerer, this is an interesting story, a false prophet, a Jew, whose name was Bar-Jesus. So there's a false prophet, and, and the word Bar means son of. So if you were Bar-Jonah, you were son of Jonah. This guy says, my name is Bar-Jesus, I'm the son of Jesus. Well, this is... This is getting interesting right now. <laughs> I was like, really? Okay. So, so uh, verse 7, which was the deputy of the country, uh, I'm sorry, which was with the deputy of the country, Sergius Paulus. So this is a guy. So the sorcerer is with this guy. His name is Sergius, and he's, he's like a deputy or ruler of the area. A prudent man who called for Barnabas and Saul and desired to hear the word of God. Okay, so there's this guy who's a ruler of the town, and he says, Paul and Barnabas, come here and talk to me. I want to hear about God, but he's also with the sorcerer whose name is Son of Jesus, okay? But, but Elmius, the sorcerer, that probably was his like, real name, was Elmius the sorcerer, for so is his name by interpretation, withstood them. So the sorcerer says to Paul and, and Barnabas, nay, you, you know, you're not coming here. Seeking to turn away the deputy from the faith. So the sorcerer doesn't want the deputy, doesn't want the ruler of the area to hear about Jesus, even, even though his name is Son of Jesus, right? So then Saul, who is also called Paul, filled with the Holy Ghost. I think this is cool. Do me a favor if you have a pen. Would you underline those next five words? It's just kind of fun. Set his eyes on him. <laughs> what do you think that means? I'll translate that for you into modern English. I think he got in his face. I think it was like, you're talking to me, you know? He didn't run away. He didn't send a text. He got in his face. He got up to him, got in his face, and put himself right in front of him, verse 10, and said, O full of all subtlety and mischief, thou child of the devil. Don't tell me you're the child of Jesus. You're the child of the devil. Thou enemy of all righteousness. Wilt thou not cease to pervert the right ways of the Lord? Like, when will you stop uh, perverting the things of the Lord? Verse 11. And now, behold, the hand of the Lord is upon thee, and thou shalt be blind, not seeing the sun for a season. And immediately there fell on him a mist of darkness, and he went, about, uh, he went about seeking some to lead him by the hand. So Paul uh, condemns him to blindness. Okay? It was a gift that, that Paul had to be able to do that. Peter also had that as well, given to him by the Lord. 
Then the deputy, so this is the ruler of the town, when he saw what was done, church, take your pen, underline the next word, what did, what did, the, what did the ruler of the town then do? He did what, church? He, okay, does it say he joined a church? Does it? Does it say he was baptized? Does it say he gave money? Does it say he stopped cheating? Does it say he stopped doing drugs? What does it say that he did? He did what? He believed. That's what the qualification here is for salvation. Then the deputy, which when he saw what was done, he believed, being astonished at the doctrine of the Lord. So this is just kind of a cool story. There's a mission team that's at a church, and they're being sent out by a church. And the church, first thing the church does is they pray for the team. Paul goes out in this mission field. He meets this guy. There's some resistance. He gets in his face and says, you're wrong. But the bottom line is the guy that they're there to witness to ends up getting saved. He's, he's believing. So as we go on this mission trip, seven of us uh, this coming week, uh, four of us, like I said, we leave Monday night. Um, I think one of the things that we just need to be reminded about as a church is to pray. I think it's an important thing. We're actually going to conclude this church service this morning with a time of prayer. Literally, all the church praying for the seven that are going. Why? Because I think that's what the Bible had them do. They said, listen, we want you to pray. I don't ever want us just to get in the attitude of the mindset, like, well, it's no big deal. They're hopping on a plane and they're going somewhere. Well, it's just a big deal. It is a big deal. Uh, there's a lot of things that go wrong, and, and there's a lot, of, a lot of the devil can get in the way. There's a lot of people we could run into that would try to hinder our ministry. We're going to do something. We're going to preach the word. We're going to train people. We're going to, uh, to give the gospel. We take it very seriously. This is not... You know, this is not the pastor going on a vacation. It'd be fun if it was the pastor going on vacation, uh, but I wouldn't be going with seven other people, that's for sure. So, so, pastor, what can we pray for? Well, here's some things. I just wrote down a real quick, quick list, and let's talk about it. I think, I think the first thing, just being real practical, I think we need to pray for health. Uh, health is a real concern. I got a little bit of a cold this week. Uh, of course I do, but it doesn't bother me on that. But there's real health concerns. Um, we had to get our shots uh, for hepatitis A, uh, cholera. These are really bad things, vaccinations for those. Hepatitis A, you know, is, uh, is basically a liver disease you get the rest of your life. Well, how do you get hepatitis A? Uh, well, you get it from, from just not sanitary uh, conditions. Um, how do I say this and be politically correct for the church service? Everyone in India has a cell phone. Almost 100% of people in India have a cell phone. About 10% of the people in India have a bathroom. It's just the reality of it. I'd say about 2% of those people have toilet paper. I'm just going to leave it at that. All right? Is it that? Is it that? Yeah. You know, India exports is the number one exporter of intelligence. The most engineers and scientists in the world come from India. Did you know that? It's just not something that, that, that their culture has. I could go into a long explanation of biblically why I think that. I think because we learn, we learn about sanitary conditions from the Bible. We learn about how to take care of human waste from the Old Testament. Read the book of Leviticus. Read the book of Deuteronomy. If your nation has never had this book, why do you wash your hands? Why do you bury your waste? Why? Well, I don't know. Why should we? I don't know. There's no reason to. The fact that America was founded on Christian principles is, is why America is the cleanest nation in the world, okay? Why? Because we got that from the Bible. I mean, that, that, that's, that's why we know to do those things. It's not like someone who's just smart and just, hey, let's, you know, let's bury our ways. No, that's a biblical principle. 
And, and God gave that to the people to keep the people healthy, to keep the people clean, to teach them that. But, but you know, hepatitis is a big thing. The traveler's bug. We won't talk about the traveler's flu, but you don't want to get that. Uh, India, you know, I've been to India before. I've been to leper colonies. I've been to polio colonies. Are you kidding me? They still have leprosy in India? Yes. They still have polio in India? Yes. Is it that bad? Unfortunately, yes. So why don't we have leper? Think about this. Why don't we have leper colonies? Why don't we have polio colonies here in the U.S.? Because we get vaccinated, right? There's enough people that have got vaccinated in the U.S. that the rest of, of anybody lives in a bubble in the U.S. And, and, and if you weren't vaccinated, you'd go to a country like this and you'd go to leper, uh, leper colonies and you'd get leprosy. I've been to leper colonies. I've had no problem. I've witnessed the people. I've gone with them. Um, Dr. Scudder and I did that. We were a little hesitant at first, but we did it together. Uh, uh, we've been to seeing people with polio, um, and we've given them the gospel. We weren't worried about it to, to shake their hand or give them a hug. Why? Because we took medical precautions against it. Um, it's just common sense. When you live in, the, in America, you're in a huge bubble. You don't realize it, but the rest of the world is not in the bubble that we're in. You know, and, and our goal, church is to go over there and to give the gospel to these people, to go teach at these churches, to have revival meetings. It, it would just be unfortunate. If it's God's will, it's fine. It would just be unfortunate to do all this travel, spend all this money, and then all of us be in our hotel room stuck in the bathroom. It would just be really bad, right? But if, if God wills that, and that's the way it happens, and maybe he's trying to teach us a lesson, I don't know what to do it, but I think it's important that we can pray for it. You know, we're having a pastor's conference. Uh, part of our itinerary is a pastor's conference, uh, we have over 250 pastors, not people, but pastors, uh, with their families, uh, not laymen in the church, but actual pastors of churches that are coming, um, that we're going to be teaching. I'm going to be teaching it. We're giving, I brought this up here, we were originally going to give them three things. We were going to give them a book. The book was called Evangelism Made Simple. There was a workbook that went with it, Evangelism Made Simple, and then there's a video series. Uh, I was going to bring these three physical items with and then I started looking at how are we going to bring 750 book, you know, items all the way to India. That just sounds like a, like a nightmare. And then uh, one of the guys said over there, said, you know what? Everyone in India has a laptop. Duh, what am I thinking? So we put all those items on a USB and a little card, a little stick, and we taped it or glued it onto this little card. It explains what's on the USB. So all those pastors, 250 pastors at this one conference, are going to get this book. And because they're English, they know English, but it's a little rough, they could watch the training videos, you know, that we did, and, and they can go real slow, they could read the book at their own pace. So we're giving away these cards, over 300 of these cards, with the USB drives. Well, that costs a lot of money, we're excited to do it, but, but listen, church, the devil doesn't want us doing a pastor's conference. And, and you know what we're talking about, right? We all know what we're talking about. We're going to be teaching how to share your faith clearly. We're going to be teaching against Calvinism, against lordship, against these different isms, and we're going to be teaching about what does the Bible say the gospel is. So guys, the, church, the devil doesn't want us to go do that. If we were going there to, to just say feed the poor or to dig a well, the devil would be like, I don't care, feed the poor, dig a well, who cares, that's great. But the fact that we're going over there to preach from this book exclusively, this is our theme book for the mission trip, the devil doesn't want us to teach uh, these pastors from India about the importance of having a clear presentation of the gospel. So I think the devil is very much against us going on a mission trip. So number one, pray for health. Number two, I think is an important thing. Let's pray for safety in traveling. Uh, the first leg of our trip is 13 and a half hours. The second leg of our trip, I think, is about four hours. So it's 17 plus hours, I don't know. You say, well, pastor, it's not that bad. 
I mean, airplanes nowadays are kind of comfortable. Okay, let's just, let's make this down to earth. Um, you're sitting in a chair in a very comfortable auditorium, okay? Everybody comfortable right now? All right, what if I told you not to move for 17 hours? The only thing you could do is get up and go to the bathroom, and the bathroom is about the size of, you know, an outhouse, you know. Um, and then whenever you're thirsty, we'll bring you this little tiny glass of Pepsi with two big ice cubes in it. There you go. And you're like, eh, you know, I want the whole can. I want the liter, you know. Sit in this chair. It's almost noon. So sit in this chair until, what, 6 o'clock tomorrow morning? And don't move. Try to get comfortable. <laughs> Enjoy your flight. <laughs> yeah. I don't care. I don't care where you're sitting on that stupid airplane. It's an airplane, okay? So we're just praying for traveling mercies for that. We're doing a lot of traveling in cars. I took a couple pictures here of, of some photos that I found from, um, look at the traffic in India on these images. Um, we're going to be, you know, one of the nights we, we land, we've we got a couple interior flights we've got to take. We're going to drive for six and a half hours in that, all right? It's just, I don't care how nice the car is. I, don't, I just don't care. Do you want to sit in that? I don't care if you're in a limousine. I, you know, we're not, but I don't, it doesn't matter what you're in. And it's not. It's more like we're going to be like in a Toyota, you know, Corolla or something or some little Nissan. You know, it's just going to be tough, but there's accidents. People die all the time. Traffic is bad. Uh, it's known for that. It's just going to be awful. And I just think the devil would love for us to miss our connections. I'm teaching at a seminary a state-accredited seminary. I'll be teaching for four days there. I'll be teaching at a Bible college, teaching at a Christian school. The devil would love for us not to make our, our destinations. We have a very, very tight schedule. Get a flat tire in that? How, how long do you think it's going to take for AAA to get over there to fix that? I mean, right? It, it's just, you know, we could, we, we could come back and say, well, we sat on the side of the road for four days. I don't know, but it just, it, it's how it could be. Uh, Paul, when he's doing this trip here in the book of Acts, you know, he runs into his own, own thing. He runs into a, 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 a guy who's claiming to be the son of Jesus, you know. Paul has his distractions and his delays. Well, we have modern day distractions and delay, delays. Third thing I want us to pray for is pray, of course, for the gospel. Uh, like I said, we're going to be teaching how to present the gospel clearly at a pastor's conference. We'll be teaching at a seminary. Uh, we'll be heading north about 500 miles, I believe it is, to Bangalore, teaching at a, a Bible college. Uh, and I'm honored, you know, to be there. I'm honored. Uh, the seminary is going to be inferring on me a, a doctorate of ministry. I think that's just a really big honor because it's an accredited uh, degree. It's an accredited uh, college. And it, uh, it means nothing to me, but it means that I'm honored. That's what it means. So it's, it's a big deal. Um, I'll be teaching every night at different churches, at revivals, um, looking at the itinerary they sent us. Uh, the couple of the days, it's like, you know, we get to the church, I don't know, 5 o'clock. And then it says, when you're done preaching... At 9 p.m., what? You know, then we'll have dinner at someone's house. Dinner at 9 p.m., <laughs> I'm hoping to be asleep by 9 p.m., <laughs> but that's the way, it, you know, the church services go for hours. You know, they just keep going. They're just, oh, you're done preaching? Preach something else. Sure. Um, <laughs> but we just want to pray that, you know, part of that too, part of that whole thing, the gospel, that the translation is done clearly. Most places, I may not have to be translated, but some place going to have to have translation. Pray that it's done clearly, correctly. You know, India, let's talk about India real quick. India has thousands of gods. The, the, the tough thing about teaching in India is this. Now listen, <clears throat> we're trying to teach that Jesus is the only way. Can I get an amen, church? Okay, he is not another way. Indians believe in Jesus, and he's the American's God to get to heaven. 
Did you know that there's temples in India that are, are dedicated to rats because they believe in reincarnation, the Hindus? Um, they literally have temples, literally, I've seen photos, filled with rats. And the people sit within the temple with the rats, praying the whole time, praying for these people. Yeah, you see it. And, and they, they believe that those are the relatives. To an Indian who's a Hindu, those rats are on the same level playing field as Jesus's. He's another God, okay? Rat or Jesus, you call it whatever you want to call it. That's what we're up against, okay? So is it a big deal? Yeah, it's the most populated country probably on the face of the earth. It's a really big deal. Christianity is like 0.0001%, I think, of the entire country. So it's a really big deal that, that Jesus is not equal to a rat. He's not another God. But the clarity of the gospel, listen, guys, the clarity of the gospel is a curse to Satan. Satan does not want the clarity of the gospel. Again, if we were just going there to sing worship songs and, and feed and just help them build a house, there's nothing wrong with that. But my point is Satan doesn't give a rip if, if we feed someone or if, if we build someone a house or if we build a church. I mean, he's like, whatever. He doesn't care about that. What Satan cares about is people hearing about John 3.16, about Ephesians 2.8 uh, 9. Satan's concerned, church, when this book is opened, right? Because the power is in this book. Not in me, not in any one of the seven people on our mission trip. But it's the fact that this is our, our resource guide for the entire trip. And we, I'll be speaking over 24 times on this trip and I'm only going to refer to the Bible, okay? So it is a really, really big deal. We pray for safety, we pray for health, we pray for the gospel. And, and, and guys, I just really want our church uh, to just be in prayer as, as we think of more mission trips to do. You know, I, I'm really concerned, I think, just about the young people uh, coming up in our society today. Uh, and, and, and the young people in our church are not exempt from this, this statement I'm going to make. I really just believe Satan wants to pick off the young people that are born and raised in churches because they're the next missionaries. They're the next ones to give the gospel. Guys, I just don't think Satan is concerned. Hear me out on this. Satan is concerned with a senior citizen because he knows he's not going to pick them off. He knows that they're solid in their word. He knows they're solid in their faith. But he also knows they're also not going to go start a church. They're not going to go on mission trips. They, you know, as, as life winds down, they're not going to be as involved. They're still involved. We still love it. But Satan's really concerned about the 18, the 19, the 20-year-olds that have a whole future in front of them. And what are they going to do for the preaching of the gospel? And I just really believe that Satan uh, is literally looking to pick off all of our teenagers. Literally just doink, doink, doink. I, I just believe it. And I hold it as spiritual warfare. And I... And I believe it with my whole heart. Satan wants to see the young people of this church and any gospel preaching church to just be pushed off to the side. Like to be enticed with materialism, to be enticed with living the American dream. I, I am not against the American dream. I think it's wonderful, I think it's great. But our young people fall in love with that and they'd rather have the cute little house with the white picket fence than to go into all the world and preach the gospel, right? I, I, it's a lot more fun, it's a lot more safe, it's a lot more comfortable. We need to be on the forefront. We need to be aggressive in getting our young people serious about maybe going on mission trips. Parents, do you have some young kids? You need to start saving now to have them go on a mission trip with us. Uh, we're talking about going with Quentin Road in the Philippines this fall. You need to start saving money and you need to push your kids rear end and get them on a mission trip. You need to do it. You need to do it. Going to Canada. Uh, we've gone up with Pastor Rick Mickish. We've done that. Sent a bunch of college kids last year. 
You need to think about that. Well, there's a lot of mosquitoes in Canada. Great. You need to get them on the airplane and get them up there and, and let them get bit, okay? I think it would be the best thing in the world. It's fine. Just, you need to think about that. You need to do that. Well, what, you know, what, will they have cell phones? Will they have games? No. <laughs> they need to go up there and learn to minister with people. And parents, I tell you, it would be one of the best things just for them to do that. They'll appreciate <laughs> They'll appreciate the toilet paper you pay for them, okay? <laughs> wow, toilet paper costs money. Yeah, it does. <laughs> uh, but, but think about that. You know, if you're, parents, if you're dedicated to the cause of Christ and you're dedicated to, to winning souls, just be ready for detours. You know, God, God has many divine appointments for you. God has many divine appointments for your children. Be ready for Satan to get in the way and try to sidetrack your kids. Just, it's going to happen. Something, a boyfriend, a girlfriend, a job, uh, an income, something is going to sidetrack your kids from wanting to do the things of Jesus. And, and, and you just be ready for that. You think about it. You be on the lookout for it. And you say, you know what? A am I prepared for spiritual warfare? Am I serious about this? But pastor, uh, maybe if my child or maybe if, if one of you here in the room were ever think about going to full-time missions, pastor, it'll be a hassle. Yes, it will be a hassle. It's giving the gospel. Look at what Paul went in. I mean, the whole church, they sent him out there. And the first person he runs into says he's the son of Jesus. You know, it's like, oh my goodness, you know. And we don't know half the stories. But church, we want to continue to be a mission-minded church. I want you to feel like you're a part. We've had people send in money for this mission trip. Thank you. We haven't really asked for it. But I'm just being honest, some, someone needs to pay for this. I mean, we did, but I didn't raise any money for it. But, you know, who's paying for, who's paying for the whole thing, you know? Well, we're thankful for the preschool that's able to fund the ministries of of, of the missions of this church. The, you, those of you that work in the preschool, thank you. Thank you. You're, you're part of the mission trip very much. Uh, but a lot of people have donated towards it, and we're going to have a lot more mission trips coming in the future. You need to be thinking about it. You need to be praying about it. You need to be just as much of a part about it, okay? Look at this verse, and uh, we'll be done here today. Spend a few times, a few minutes praying, but Second uh, Thessalonians chapter 1, uh, verses 1 and 2, it says, finally, brethren, pray for us. This is this is praying for us, the missionaries, that the word of the Lord may have free course and be glorified. So the church, we pray that, that there's free course, that there's not disruptions. That's what it's saying. There's not disruptions with your health. There's not disruptions with your travel plans. There's not disruptions from the devil for the preaching of the gospel. That's what the church, this book is written to the church. Pray for the missionaries that the word of the Lord may have free course and that God's glorified by the mission trip. That's what our prayer is today. So here's what I want us to do. First thing I want us to do is, is just to remember what the gospel is, okay? We all know what the gospel is. Maybe some of you don't. The good news is this, that God loves us so much that he sent his son to die on the cross to pay our sin debt. John chapter 3, verse 16, you know this verse, says this, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, and here's that word again, that whosoever what? Believes, not whosoever joins a church, not whosoever quits being bad, not whosoever starts going to church. It's whosoever believes, believes that Jesus died on the cross to pay their sin debt. What? Has everlasting life. Ephesians chapter 2, verse 8 and 9, wonderful verse as well. For by grace are you saved, saved from eternity in hell. What? Through your what? Through what, church? Through faith. The noun and the verb, the adjective and the verb of, of, of believe is faith. Where grace has been saved through faith. It's not of yourselves. It's a gift of God. And the next three words is what changed my life in second grade when I realized I got it. 
It's not a work. It's not something you do to go to heaven. It's who you have your faith in. God, I realize I'm a sinner. I can't pay the debt, but I believe Jesus died on the cross. He paid it for me. He died, so I don't have to spend an eternity in hell. I get it. I'm trusting in that. I believe in that right now. And God says, you are forever part of my family. It's your faith that saves you, not your works that save you. Never. Nowhere in the Bible does it say that. And we're going to be crystal, crystal clear on that on our trip. So let's just do a real quick review. Church, what are the three things that we need to pray for? Let's kind of put them up on the screen here. You can see it. We need to pray for our health. We need to pray for traveling uh, mercies. And we need to pray for the clarity and the presentation of the gospel. Okay? So here's what I'd like to do at this time. I'd like, uh, I'd like, I've asked a couple men uh, to come up and pray uh, over here at this microphone. Those of you that were asked to pray this morning, if you'd go over there to the microphone by the piano right now, that'd be great. Uh, and then, like I said, four of the seven are with us today. Uh, Bryce, Cole, and Emily are going uh, on Thursday night uh, because of school. They had to go a couple days later. So they're going to fly out Thursday night, so they're not here with us this morning. But it's me and Amy, Tim and Nancy that are going uh, tomorrow night. So Tim and Nancy, uh, why don't we come up here? I tell you what, we'll go, down, uh, we'll go down on the ground right over here in the front. So Tim and Nancy, come on up here. And then Amy is here somewhere. Where's Amy? Amy, did you come to church today? You are. Okay, good. <laughs> well, sometimes I don't know. Maybe she went to a different church or something. Uh, why don't you come up over here? I'll come down here. Uh, and then this will be a good thing. So we're going to have a word of prayer. Let's have the whole church stand up, if you would. Uh, why these men pray... Uh, we have four or five men. Men, if you just make it uh, just, you know, um, not two or three hours, <laughs> uh, just make a, a rather short prayer, but pray on these things that we need to pray about. And then all of us, while they're praying, we're all praying together, okay? And then after that, we'll close with a song. But this is what they did in the book of Acts. So let's open up with a word of prayer. Dave, would you get us started today? Dear Heavenly Father, Lord, we thank you so much for this church. We thank you for Pastor Dan. Every time that we walk into this church, we know that we're going to be getting the gospel, a clear gospel. We thank you for the, the support that this church gives uh, to the mission field, uh, whether, uh, whether we are doing the mission work or the support that we give others. We pray, Lord, for the group that's going. We pray for their health, their safety, and the gospel. And, uh, just, uh, Lord, we pray that, that they take those things with them and, uh, and just... Uh, uh, realize uh, in their hearts what they're doing uh, and representing you. And uh, Lord, we, um, we know that this, uh, this world has a lot of uh, uh, problems in it, and uh, it's uh, a lost and dying world. And we pray that, uh, that, that, that the group can just um, reach so many people while they're were, while they were there. And uh, we thank you so much, Lord, for your grace. And uh, uh, just uh, we pray that you just bless their trip and uh, bring them home safe and sound where they belong. Dear Lord, we pray now for uh, this group that's going to India. We just pray that you would prepare the hearts of the brothers and sisters in Christ that they're going to be ministering to and discipling. Uh, prepare them even now to, to receive this. Pray for the unsaved that are going to hear the gospel. Just pray again that you would prepare them. Um, remove obstacles, Lord. Um, anything that would get in their way so that their entire energy can be used to spread your word. Um, Lord, we pray that uh, you keep this mission on our hearts and on our minds so that we are in constant prayer for them for the entirety of their service. Lord, lastly, we know the power that your gospel has. I just pray that as they come back, that they come back safely, but that the gospel that they leave behind is powerful and that can impact the lives of the people in India for even generations, Lord.
Heavenly Father, we thank you for this opportunity for our worship team to be able to go and spread the gospel. We ask for their safe passages while flying into India and while traveling throughout India. We ask you to maintain their health. Also, Lord, we ask that you please have the Holy Spirit open the hearts and minds of the people that will receive the gospel to know that Jesus Christ died on the cross for them and that he is waiting for them to come to heaven with him. Dear Lord, we ask for their safe return to bring them back to us. And Father, we pray that the gospel is well received in your name. Amen. Father, as we come before you today, we just ask that you give us the wisdom and strength to lift everybody up, protect them from all the tricks of the devil, keep them safe and healthy. We know that the last thing that the devil wants, Father, is them to reach people that have never heard the true gospel, that there is only one way to heaven. We ask, Father, to keep them healthy and safe. We ask for the church here as a whole to continue to be in prayer for them while they're gone. And we just pray for their safe return. Watch over, protect them. Keep them all healthy, Father. In Jesus' name we pray. Dear Lord, we praise you for the open door that our church has to impact souls on the other side of this planet. Lord, we thank you for the open door into India. Lord, we, we just praise you for uh, just all the connections that we have with pastors in the area to set up speaking engagements, to set up um, just ways that uh, we can minister as a church uh, to pastors, to graduates, uh, people going into the ministry. Lord, we praise you for um, even the packets that we were able to assemble that uh, we can impact these pastors and get them the clear gospel. Lord, we pray that that would just be something that would just spread uh, throughout India uh, as a tool to get the clear gospel uh, into so many churches uh, there that it would just be a great tool for you. Lord, we pray for uh, just the, the team as they travel. Lord, we pray for them, just safety uh, airplanes and, and uh, uh, going through borders and um, customs. Lord, we pray for uh, just the safety on the roads as they travel. Lord, that you would just protect them uh, and their health. Lord, we pray for uh, just all the different uh, opportunities they have to minister. Lord, that it would just be a, a, just a tool used by you greatly. And Lord, we just thank you for, for how you've provided this opportunity. Lord, would you help all of us back at home to stay unified uh, in prayer, uh, to be supporting uh, the work that we're doing, uh, not to just check out, but to be in, involved and engaged. And Lord, we just praise you for all that you do. You are so good, and you are worthy of our praise. In Jesus' name, amen. very interested in you and your spiritual growth. If you want to contact Dayspring for prayer or more information, you can reach us at 262-404-5092 or on the web at dayspringbaptist.com. Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening.